0: I'm Jeff Francis. And I'm Michael Byrne. This This is is The the Francis Francis Report. Report.
1: Do the Edmonton Oilers and possums have in common? What could they possibly have in common, Jeff? Both play dead at home and are killed on the road.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Episode thirteen. All right, man, I'm pumped. It's gonna be uh, back. It's great to be back. I have felt—I don't know—I've just felt not good over the break, just not doing podcasts.
0: Yeah, I so mean, much fun doing them. Man, I'm so excited for this year. We got some big things planned. Hopefully. Up on, on deck for the Francis Report podcast.
1: Hopefully we can get a couple high-profile guests. That'd be nice.
0: Yeah, those, those are in the works right now.
1: So. First, we want to thank everybody for listening. Yeah. Uh, our, our lessons have just skyrocketed since we've been on iTunes. And, you know, we're up over 1,700 now, which is amazing. I yeah. never thought that we would get that high.
0: Started, started so small, and now we're seeing to gain some momentum, so that's pretty yeah. awesome.
1: We want to keep that momentum up.
0: You know it would be cool for everyone who's listening now? If you start listening and you decide to subscribe on iTunes or you just like to listen to an episode here and there, uh, maybe shout us out at some point. Let us know where you're listening from. That would be kind of cool. Um, yeah,
1: that would be great. Ask us a question. You can ask us a question on Twitter. You know, just send us a quick question. We're
0: both very active on Twitter. Yep.
1: So. Uh, if you if you don't have Twitter, Facebook. We're on Facebook. Yeah,
0: like the Facebook page. We're at yep. 130 likes right now. By uh, by the end of the season, I think we'd like to be up around three or 400, so that'd be that'd great. Be nice.
1: uh, if Facebook isn't your thing, we have a blog. You know, you go to our blog, check out our blog, leave a comment on one of many of Mike's wonderful articles. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to know where people are listening in from. Um, yeah. The support you guys are giving us is just fantastic.
1: If you don't like blogs, well, that's pretty much all the options we got. Twitter, Facebook, and our blog. Uh, yeah, that's pretty Otherwise, much it. Otherwise,
0: just keep listening to the podcast. Oh,
1: there is and, uh, another option. Email. We can yeah. we take emails. We have an email set up for questions. It's questions at thefrancisreport.ca. Feel free. Send us a question. Make it a long question. Make it a short question. Opinion question, a stat question. If there's a stat you want to you wanna know, then ask us. We well, can probably find it somewhere. More than happy to do those we have kinds of things. No problem doing the legwork on stats. We're actually trying to find a stat right now, but <laughs> not it's, it's, it's not it's, specific. It's, yeah, so. we'll probably have to go well, through a bunch of let's, game logs. Let's
0: see if any of the listeners can find out how many goaltenders in the NHL have more power play points than David Clarkson.
1: Yeah, David Clarkson has one power play point. Uh, in the NHL this year, there's. I think six goalies that have uh, multi-points, so they two or more. Um,
0: Even goalies with one that are tied with David Clarkson on in the power play, play points, yeah, just kind of embarrassing. Yeah. But. Um, so thank you everyone who's been listening all along, and to the new listeners. Uh, we just wanted to give a little bit of a shout-out and let some of the newer listeners from iTunes know what's going on and how we do things at the Francis Report. Uh, and now let's talk what uh, everybody's here to listen to, uh, some hockey talk. First of all, we want to congratulate the Canadian uh, junior men uh, on winning the gold medal at the World Junior Championships. Uh, Jeff, your thoughts on the tournament?
1: What a game. That gold medal game was fabulous. thought Canada did really well all tournament. They did not trail or were not tied with a score greater than 0-0 at any point in the tournament. So that, that's really good. Uh, only four teams have done that. So only four Canadian teams have done that, which is is wonderful.
0: And it it was nice, too. I think it was good to see Canada go up 5-1 at one point, but in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, I wanted a really competitive, uh, hard-nosed kind of game, and then Russia stormed back, and it looked like it would have been similar to, what year was that, when Russia came back? I think it was 2010. 2010. Yeah. I remember that game was just awful, and I was kind of nervous that was going to happen, but Canada ended up holding on, and it ended up being one of the best World Junior games I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, it was a pretty good game. Special,
0: special shout out to Denmark too. I think they deserve some kudos for making it to the quarterfinals. That was fantastic. Yeah,
1: yeah that's great. They got their I first ever World stories. Junior game win uh, in sixteen tries. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And Slovakia got bronze. Yeah, that's pretty good for them too.
0: And despite, I mean, despite the um, the score against Denmark, I think you know what they showed up against Canada. No one was expecting them to win, uh, and I think they they still put forth a pretty good effort, even though the final score ended up being eight nothing. I believe.
1: Of uh, that was their first, like their round robin game, the game of the the medal round. I think it was only five one, of the the um, quarterfinal. Yeah, and it was only a one goal game until like late in the second period. Yeah, Canada was up one nothing with only like minutes left.
0: You know, another really refreshing thing about this World Juniors, the Leafs had a big presence uh, on Russia. They had Valiev, uh, Sweden, of course, Nylander, and yeah. Team Canada, Freddie Gauthier. Yeah. I don't remember a year. like I'm always listening to see who these guys have been drafted by, and a lot of the times there's no Leaf players no leaf in it. Players, yeah. And now this tournament we have three, and I think that's a good trend, something positive for us to look forward to.
1: Also something really neat, the gold medal game brought in $93,000 for various charities with the 50-50 tickets. That, um, can you imagine? You walk in, you pay a couple hundred dollars for your, your tickets, a couple you know, hundred your, your dollars beer, for a beer, your, your food, <laughs> And you leave with a hundred grand. Wow. I'm like, I Like, couldn't even imagine that. That's And insane. Canada wins gold. And Canada Jeez. wins gold.
0: Get out of here. Yeah.
1: Jeez. Yeah, it's wild.
0: One one thing I want to touch on. A lot of Leaf fans uh were overly critical of Freddie Gauthier in this tournament. Um I think people who are expecting him to come in and be like a top line center or a second line center, that's not what he was drafted for. He's drafted to be a third line center. Who's amazing at faceoffs and has a great defensive game, which is what we saw from him in the World Junior Tournament. Pretty sure most of the important faceoffs Canada had, Freddie Gauthier was out there taking the draw. So for the people that are getting on him about not looking or living up to the potential of where he was drafted, you need to reevaluate what he was drafted for. He's not drafted to be a William Nylander, who's going to be a top line winger, hopefully, in the NHL someday.
1: I think just being named to Team Canada is special.
0: Think of how many guys you have to beat out to have that chance.
1: Oh, for sure. There's tons. And another thing that people were critical about was how rockin' the Air Canada Centre was. The Air Canada Centre was loud, and there was excitement in that building. You could feel it. People were making comments to me about how it's a shame that the Leafs can't have that much energy. The Leaf fans. And I bet you a lot of the people that went to the Team Canada Games were Leaf fans that go to Leaf games. Probably, yeah. Probably. And... You gotta think that, you know, people may not realize, but that was a championship game. And if the Leafs were in a championship game, there's no one on this planet that would be able to convince me that the arena wouldn't be as loud at the minimum.
0: Yeah. You know, it, it would, would probably be would twice be as loud. It would be louder. Like for it, sure. it's
1: nuts. Like the Leaf fans are nuts. And anyone that says that the Air Canada Center is quiet, they're right, the Air Canada Center is quiet. But I don't know, management doesn't give Leaf fans put, much to cheer put about. Put a
0: winning team on the ice and you'll see. Look at the playoffs.
1: Yeah, the, the, playoffs. Leafs are in the playoffs. It's nuts, the playoffs.
0: The Leafs, uh, the probably game three, played back at the ACC, was probably louder than the World Junior Gold Medal game for the Leafs. And that's just a regular first-round playoff game.
1: Yep. Now, give us something to cheer about. It was about? their first home game playoff in like eight years or yeah, ten years.
0: Given but, that, but pretty good. still, yeah, that was, that was good. Um there's a lot made about the difference between playing in Toronto and playing in Montreal. Uh, a lot of people, I know, Kevin McGran of the Sun was all over Montreal fans for uh, a lot of empty seats in Montreal for the Junior Games, and then you contrast to Toronto where every game pretty much was sold out in the stadium I read was something
1: that there was like Slovakia games in Toronto, and it may not be Slovakia, but it was a lower quality team that in Toronto that were sellouts, where Team Canada games in Montreal weren't sellouts.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a big perception that Toronto is only a Leaf city. I think it's a hockey it's
1: city. It's a hockey city.
0: Maybe yeah. maybe Montreal is only a Habs city. Maybe. Who knows. But I mean, the
1: Expos uh, didn't last very long in there.
0: No. They weren't very good there. So, speaking of the ACC and good hockey, last episode, uh the Leafs were on an 8 and 2 run, and since we last recorded, they have gone 2 and 8. So, in their last 20 games, they are 10 and 10 which is, I think, about what people expect from this team. Um, what are your thoughts on how they played over the break, since we haven't recorded, Jeff?
1: Well, they played terrible. There was games where they probably could have won, but they were playing just good enough to lose, or just bad enough to lose and not ju- good enough to win. Um, you know, Last night's game is a sigh of relief. Well, actually, the last two games have been a sigh of relief. Their Corsi has been much better for the last two games, which is great. And especially last night, they didn't go into that defensive shell that they they usually do.
0: Last night, I think one of the the best things to come from that game was Columbus makes it 4-2 early on in the second. Usually the Leafs will fall back. They'll get hemmed in their own zone for another offensive pummeling from the opposing team. Toronto had a great offensive zone shift afterwards where they possessed the puck for a good 30 to 40 seconds. And that was really good to see. Now, why do you think that change has happened, Jeff? I I noticed the last couple games, somebody's been missing from behind the the Toronto bench.
1: Uh, Geoffrey Lupul.
0: Yeah, he's injured. Yeah. Yeah. He's out for for a few weeks, I think. Is that who you're thinking of? I don't know. I feel like there's still another another person that could be missing from back there. I, Carter Ashton. Yeah, man, placed on waivers.
1: Yeah, he went down to the minors. Back down there, is he ever gonna work out for the Leafs? I don't know. I don't. I have a feeling that's not who you're talking about, though. I don't know. He, who, who he are you may talking be. About? He may be bald. Bald. Balding. Balding. Yeah, yeah. I feel oh, like okay. this, there was. I need another hint. Just answer this question: Is he good with a toaster?
0: No, he's awful with a. To- Probably top five worst in the world at operating a toaster.
1: Oh, that's easy. Whoa, well, Randy Carlisle. Yeah, yeah, Randy Carlyle. Oh, man.
0: Thank God the Leafs finally fired him.
1: Oh, we've been on that bandwagon for the whole last two years. Yep. getting um, rid of Carlisle. And they gave uh, Horcheck the... Great move. Yeah, interim great tag. Uh,
0: last year, he was in basically the same scenario with the Florida Panthers. Took over about halfway or so into their season. Um, and Florida saw a 4% jump in their possession stats. Uh, and just overall started to play uh, a better game. As you were just alluding to, I think the the changes we've seen. It's a two-game sample size, and the loss to Washington. Yes, it was a six-two loss, but the Leafs played a much higher quality hockey game. And
1: that game is that game. The its result. The sorry, um, it's overshadowed by the poor goaltending. That you know, Jonathan Bernier had an off night. And you know what?
0: I think couple bounces that's okay. That's okay went the wrong way. He's been pretty great this season, so for him to have an off night, that's all right.
1: Yeah, hopefully that the Leafs can you know start getting some consistent goaltending a bit bit more often. But
0: maybe get Reimer in there just a little bit more often, take some of the pressure off uh, off of Bernier.
1: But last night Phil Kessel he was forechecking, he was backchecking, you know he was blocking shots, he was setting plays up, he was scoring goals. Like Phil Kessel did everything last night, and it it showed that they won the game.
0: And uh, that the the top three guys who are as a matter of fact not the top line anymore. Uh, JVR, Bozak, and Kessel have pretty much been broken up since Horacek took over, aside from the power play. Uh, All three guys made a huge impact, and they were spread throughout the lineup. And Daniel Winnick had a great game last night. Oh, Daniel
1: Winnick did have a great game.
0: Probably the best game we've seen from the Leafs all season long. As reporter Chris uh, alluded to on Twitter, the best game the Leafs have played against a team
1: not Not called the Sabres. The Sabres, yeah.
0: So it was great. It was a great game. The atmosphere was really good at the end. The Leafs got another standing ovation.
1: Something that I noticed that um, happened last night at the Air Canada Center, and I've been to over 50 games at the Air Canada Center, and this was the first time that I've ever seen the Wave at the Air Canada Center, and I did not like it.
0: Mildly embarrassing. Yeah,
1: it is. Uh, The Wave is not a hockey thing. I don't know why. I think, the fans, I, you know what, maybe they're just that happy. They're that
0: happy. You know, it, it's annoying to see the wave, and I hate it because I think Toronto is like the only sports city that still does it for the major sporting events. But you know what, at the same time, in the back of my head, I was like, you know what, if that's what it takes to get the crowd into the game, we do the, whatever the yeah, need to The do.
1: fans last night were having fun. Everybody was having yeah. a great time. Everyone was having a great time.
0: After the game, it was, I thought it was cool. I was watching Peter Horacek, he was shaking the hands of the assistants. They all were really, really happy to get... Uh, Their first win with the new coach. And coming off the bench, Peter Horchuk gave a big, dirty high five to Carlton the Bear. And I thought that was just fantastic.
1: Yeah, that's great. It's It's great to see that kind of stuff, right?
0: Another thing that happened after the game last night, I guess the Leafs have a tradition of providing or awarding the player of the game with a camo jacket. And last night, the Leafs, in a really great move, I think, gave the jacket for player of the game to Peter Horchuk.
1: And there was a couple people that could have got that last night. Tyler Bozak played a really good game. JVR, you know, JVR played a really game. good game. Kessel played a really good game. So it's nice to see that, you know, they do that for their coach. And, you know, you know,
0: what there were some uh, people on Twitter yesterday that were, like, near the Leafs dressing room after the game, and they said they heard chanting and cheering. And, you know what, maybe this team needed all along was a player's coach. Someone to say, you know what, guys, I'm here for you. I got your back. You give me the effort, and I'll return it back to you. And, I don't know, the Horacek move maybe pays off handsomely for this team. Um, we all know that the sexy name uh, as a next coach of the Leafs could be Mike Babcock, but you know what? Peter Horachek becoming the next coach of the Maple Leafs, assuming he continues uh, on this two-game sample size, I know typical Leaf fans blowing two games out of proportion. Um,
1: it'd be a nice story.
0: He's been it looking be. for a head coaching job for, for multiple years now, and to land in Toronto, I think, you know, that'd be a great story.
1: And let's be honest with ourselves. Mike Babcock's not coming to Toronto. I don't think so. he's He's got a team in Detroit that Detroit is in a very similar position as Toronto. Uh They're kind of in the middle of a rebuild. They're a project team. And if he wants a team like that, then he might as well just sign an extension in Detroit.
0: And I think Detroit probably is better equipped to go on a run because yeah. of the, the the talent that they've acquired through the draft.
1: For sure. And I think with, with Mike Babcock is, you know, there's only two, two reasons why he would want to come to Toronto. One is he wants coaches to get paid. So coming to Toronto will set a new standard for the price of coaching. And then the second thing would be is if he does think that Toronto's on the right track and it would be a couple years away of them winning the cup – then he would have that title of he was the coach that won the Leafs the Cup after a 50-year drought. Yeah. You know, you know, it's only been 47, but...
0: You know, the, uh, the thing that makes me sort of weary about Babcock, great coach for sure, amazing coach, his credentials are unreal. What happened the last time the Leafs tried to bring in the hot name and the high-profile guy who wanted to win a Stanley Cup in Toronto, Brian Burke? Yep. Now, he did some good things for sure, um, but he also set this team up with some awful contracts and, and didn't leave them in the best possible position.
1: With Brian Burke, I think he was the best GM that the Leafs have had since Pat Quinn. Yes. Uh, he was better than Ferguson, better than Fletcher. Fletcher traded everybody away for nothing. Yeah. And the people that he couldn't trade away, he let walk, which is fine, whatever. And, and Brian Burke and Dave Nonis, Dave Nonis has done nothing to improve this team, nothing. Every chance he's got to make this team worse, he has. He was the one that signed David Clarkson to that terrible deal. He's the one that signed Tyler Bozak to that terrible deal. He's the one that signed Mar- uh, Stefan Robida to that terrible deal. You know, he's just he's, he's not improved this team. At least Brian Burke, you know, some of the stuff he did... Brian Burke came out and had a press conference one day and said, You know what? Fighting is done in hockey. We can't have goons on our team anymore. Colnor's been sent down to the minors to rot down there. What's the first thing that happened when... Brian Burke was fired. They called up the goons. And, you know, like... He,
0: because it became Randy Carla. W- what is Dave Nonis's role with this team? Yeah. He's a puppet every time that some... If it's Brian Burke, he's Brian Burke's puppet. Yep. If it's Randy Carlisle, he's the coach's puppet. Now, what, what he's Shanahan's puppet. Exactly. Yeah. Why do he even keep this guy around?
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: I don't know. Um, speaking about Shanahan really quickly, one thing that's kind of irked me is how the media has been on his case for not talking more or having more statements uh, come from the team. And for years, we wanted Leafs management, upper management, to stay the heck away from hockey ops and just let the team run with the GM and the coach how it should. And now that we have a president who's got hands off, but clearly, obviously, making some of the decisions for the team, we're all up up in arms because he's not saying anything. What do you want the guy to say? Like, what do people want to hear from him? He's the president of the team. Let the GM do the talking. Yeah, Dave Nonis is the guy who should be wearing the big boy pants. Even though he's, I don't know, in my opinion, he's a marked man. Like, he's gone at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, like, Brandon Shanahan did come out yesterday and had a press conference Yeah, and did talk. But from what I got from it, it was pretty much all just cliche. We expect more from our players. We expect more from Phil Kessel. You know, Phil Kessel knows what he's got to do. We expect more. We expect more. We expect more. You know, and he and said, like, We're going to hold each other accountable. That's what we want to do.
0: And the the line that the Leafs have been saying for a while, if we have a chance to make our team better, an opportunity to make a small trade or a big t- trade to improve our team, we're going to do it, obviously. So not much was said. You know what? That's good. If he wants to come out every year and have a midseason review, that's totally fine. But you don't need to hear from the president of the team every time something happens. That's yeah. what you have a GM for.
1: Now, speaking of Phil Kessel, they've been on him in the media a lot this week. Yeah. Talking about how terrible he is, you know how how much of a cancer he is, and the Leafs should trade him. And you got people that are on both sides of the fence. People are split on this. Phil Kessel is a, an exceptional player.
0: I don't think you can argue the fact that Phil Kessel is an elite player in the NHL. I don't think any show me show me where that is not
1: the case. You can't.
0: Nobody can provide me that information.
1: And, and last night we were at the game, and we seen uh, infographic on the TV. There's only three people in the NHL in the last four seasons that has more points than Phil Kessel.
0: Who are those players, Jeff?
1: Uh, I know Malkin is one. I believe Alexander Ovechkin is one. Uh, I don't think Ovi was. was. It, oh, Crosby. Now Crosby was fourth on the list because we're including the year that he was suffered through some injuries. True. Yeah.
0: So, I don't know, still, we're talking about some pretty big names and Phil Kessel is ahead or right in the pack with some of these guys.
1: Yeah, in the last four years. We're not talking the last ten games or the last half season or even the last season. We're talking about the last four full seasons. Phil Kessel's third in NHL scoring.
0: And you know what? He's on, he's on touch wood, all things go accordingly. He's going to break the Toronto Maple Leafs Iron Man streak.
1: Yeah, he's For only most
0: games played. he's only about exactly.
1: eighty games away. So if he can play, not miss a game from now until next season, this time, then he'll, he'll break that record.
0: A lot, a lot has been said about the Leafs' core, um, and if the coaching, changing the coach is enough, um, I think we're gonna have to wait a couple of weeks to see what the team really is and evaluate the talent or lack thereof, whatever you want to look at on the team. Uh, a lot was made this week about the possibility or idea of trading Phil Kessel. Um, what are your thoughts on that jeff and then i 'll have i 'll share my thoughts well, after.
1: i 'm on both sides of the fence when it comes to trading phil kessel i 'm against trading Phil Kessel for the reason that he doesn 't bring enough to your hockey club phil kessel's a winger you don 't build a hockey club around a winger. You build the hockey club around a centerman, a defenseman, and a goalie, not a winger. The winger is the last person you get. You know, you you, you draft your centerman and your defenseman and your goalie. You you sign your coach, and and then you start plugging in wingers and and fourth liners. That's how you do it, and that's how everyone does it.
0: If you look at the top, except
1: the Leafs. If you look at the top teams in the NHL
0: or the consistently uh, good teams in the NHL, Pittsburgh has Crosby and Malkin and Malkin and yep. Flurry. Yep. Who, given his playoff record, he's still a yep. pretty good. He's a top fifteen. And Chris goalie.
1: Letang is their defenseman. Chris Letang. Yeah.
0: Look at Chicago. Taves, Kane, Seabrook, Keith. Yep. Crawford's all right, but if you have Keith, Seabrook, Kane, Taves, your goalie can be not a elite goalie. Yep. Uh, the Leafs always seem to build around the wrong pieces, or don't surround their pieces with the right accompaniment to make them successful. Matt Sundin. Phil Kessel, same
1: story. Same story. When Matt Sundin was here, their big thing was, we need to get this plug Jonas Hoagland off his line. We have nothing to go with him, though. They couldn't surround him with the talent they need. If we had Phil Kessel and Matt Sundin in his prime together, the lease would be something.
0: Can you imagine a line that had Phil Kessel, Matt Sundin, and Thomas Caberlet on it with whoever else you want to throw on that line? That would be a disgusting line. The yeah. passing, the scoring, yep. the playmaking...
1: Just and and Cabriolet as a forward.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, whatever you want. Throw whoever
0: you want on defense. Yeah. Cabriolet, I know his career really declined once he left the Leafs, and he maybe wasn't the best defenseman, but boy, he was great at making plays. He's yeah, he, a good, good, puck good passer, defenseman. yeah.
1: He was great that way. And then the reason I'm on the other side of the fence for trading Phil Kessel, <laughs> so for against trading Phil Kessel, you don't trade him because he doesn't suit your team. You trade him because the Leafs are probably not going to win a cup with Phil Kessel in his prime, so they're wasting, they're wasting him,
0: like they did with Matt Sundin. With,
1: yeah, you know Matt Sundin could have went to another team and won a cup, and you know Phil Kessel, you know I think the, the Leafs are trying to aim for their centennial year, so I'm, I'm hoping that they can build around what they got, you know try and get a decent center. I'm hoping Nylander can come in and, you know just rip the league apart. Yeah, imagine. Cadre being permanently a full time top line center. Can you imagine a and line of Cadre, Nylander, and Kessel? Well, Nylander's a center. Well, so... I, he
0: plays center or wing sometimes, yeah. I guess, but if he can imagine play Imagine those three, sure. yeah. Okay, even JVR, Nylander, Kessel.
1: Yeah. Who wants to play that line? No. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, assuming
0: Nylander has a solid defensive yeah. game, because. Yeah, JVR, so the top Kessel line, agreed.
1: top line is Kadri, Winnick, Kessel. The second line is Nealander, JVR, and Joffrey Lupo, or whoever you want to throw in that line. Mike Santorelli can play wing.
0: I really like Mike Santorelli. You know, one thing that people have have mentioned, and I think it's a good point: the Leafs aren't going to strike gold on these UFAs every year. No, they're and not. They wait a long time till the end of the season to sign these guys. If you sign Mike Santorelli after. Uh, the Leafs had the ten one and one run. Maybe he costs you one point five two million a season. If he continues playing the way he is, same with Daniel Winnick, they're going to be looking for two point five and up afterwards. Yeah. So lock these guys up to two year, three year deals for two one point five million dollars a season, yep. and, and have them on your team.
1: There's no harm doing a two year deal. No harm at all doing a two year deal. Three year, you start getting term like that. It it could be a pain in the butt. But you know, on a on a two year deal. You know, yes. guys
0: movable. If, yeah. if he's if he starts playing well, you can move him at the deadline. If a team's looking for someone, yep, uh, or you just keep him for two years. You're not like you're not handcuffed like the Leafs are with uh, Tyler Bozak, Stefan Robida, and a Joffrey Lupo. Like I'm not. Even, we're not even going to get into David Clarkson because that's a horse that doesn't need to be a dead horse that does not need to be beat anymore. Um, yeah, so. One thing, another thing that, that we mention often is the Leafs are going to... The three big UFAs, or I guess Bernier's an RFA. And
1: yeah, Cadre's an RFA. Cadre's an RFA. Yeah.
0: So the free agents or the signings that the Leafs are going to need to make this offseason, Cadre, France, and Bernier, I think you have to keep thre- all you three. You've got to
1: keep three, all three of them.
0: They're building blocks to build your team around. I think if the Leafs can really focus mm-hmm. and somehow make some kind of moves happen and build around... JVR, Bernier, Caudry, Gardner, and Riley, and then you got Nylander coming up. That's a great team to build around.
1: They're gonna... The future looks all right if they can unload David Clarkson and Tyler Bozak. They need
0: to unload two of Clarkson, Kessel, Bozak, Phaneuf, and, I don't know. Not Kessel. Well, I I don't know. If you can move him for the right pieces, that's a big contract. For the right He's pieces. He's worth it. But... He's totally worth his contract, but that's a lot of money to get off the books.
1: Yeah, I'm just afraid that if the Leafs... Say, for example, their prospects come through and the Leafs are, you know, they're a well-oiled machine here in two years from now. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Leafs had traded Kessel last season, like this season or next season. Then they're going to be looking for that high-scoring winger that they don't got. And it's going to be like, damn, too bad we didn't have a player like Kessel where we could. same that, It's the same feeling I had about Jake Gardner. And Jake Gardner has had an off season so far, but he's still I think he's going to oh. be really I think he's going to be really good away from Randy Carlisle. People forget
0: how young he is too.
1: But I had the same feeling with Jake Gardner last year. Everyone's like Trey Gardner, Trey Gardner, Trey Gardner, and even this year it's been Trey Gardner, and you get that feeling that in 3 or 4 years from now they're going to be like, "So yeah, we need a a nice puck moving defenseman to compliment you know, kind Morgan of Riley. kind of like kind of like a guy like Jake Gardner." And yeah, that's it's just what they traded away, right? Such a
0: leaf statement. Yeah. Oh,
1: I wish we had a player like Jake Gardner, or Phil Kessel.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, exactly. That's how Boston's feeling right now,
1: missing With, Sagan and Kessel, and and Johnny Boychuk. They're you missing know, they, all they, the things that they, they've, they've traded they trade away. away, and that's a problem for Peter Shirelli, and it's probably going to cost him and Claude Julien their jobs.
0: And now there's another name. I guess you could throw in the coaching ring for the Leafs. Do you consider Claude Julien?
1: And I don't. No, I don't. I think it's. I think How? what he's done there is a bit of a fluke.
0: Well, I mean, look at that roster. How about yeah. Peter Shirelli?
1: Yeah, probably not. No, no. You know, I I remember when Montreal lost to Boston in the overtime in Game Seven. I think it was Michael Ryder that scored for Boston. Claude Julien was getting fired. Peter Shirelli was getting fired after that game if Montreal had to beat them. Yeah. And then they won, and their luck completely changed. I think that year they might have got eliminated by Philadelphia and then or maybe they eliminated Philly, but maybe that was the year they won the cup. I think that was the year they won the cup. But, you know, the Boston Bruins aren't that far removed from being in the cup final.
0: Yeah. It wasn't last
1: year. It was the year before that they went to the cup final. I think and
0: I think the the idea that GM coaching combinations have about a five year shelf life is probably true. Yeah. for most sports. Yeah. NFL um, I don't know. I don't watch the NBA, but unless NHL. it's
1: unless it's Tom Brady and and uh, Bill Belichick, you have your exceptions. They're doing really well. Most wins for a quarterback and coach combined, like combination in the history of the NFL.
0: Yeah, it's cool. I think it's cool too when you can keep uh, like Joe Torre when he was with the the Yankees. Yankees He's yeah. there forever. Barry yeah. Trotz with the Predators. Now, he might not have been so successful. but Lindy Ruff with the Sabres.
1: They went in the deep in the playoffs a couple times.
0: Yeah. I think, if anything, uh, just to touch on the, the roster moves uh, one last time, if there's one player aside from Clarkson, because we know the Leafs need to try and move him at whatever cost, um, and you have a good theory on that, maybe including some picks and whatever yeah. it takes to retain some salary from Clarkson
1: if to move him. If the Leafs are looking at... <clears throat> If the Leafs are looking at dumping Clarkson, I think they're going to have to retain salary, but they might also have to give up a couple of picks too.
0: And you know what? At this point, you have to do whatever you can to get that off the books. Yeah. If
1: the Leafs, I don't think the Leafs should retain more than maybe $1.5 in salary. I and think then, anything more than that's a bit of a waste. You might as well just keep the plug on the team.
0: That makes Clarkson about a $3.75 million player. Which is still not what he's yep. worth, but much but more manageable. If
1: you can, if you can start collecting assets, you know, trade Joffrey Lupul for a prospect and a couple picks or something, and and you know, trade trade Tyler Bozak for Tyler
0: Bozak is the one the one player the Leafs need to move.
1: If they could somehow convince Colorado to give him up, to give Ryan O'Reilly up for Bozak, throw in a couple picks each way, then.
0: Maybe leave can use third and...
1: they can use some of their picks that they acquire from some of these trades. They throw in for they throw into the a deal with David Clarkson. So David Clarkson and a couple picks, uh maybe retain one or one and a half million dollars of salary to a team that maybe when it's all said and done, you still have that salary on the team, but the player you get back is a little bit more useful. Than David Clarkson, yeah. So you retain one point five million. You make a trade for a guy that makes three, three and a half million. So you're still just over five million on salary cap hit, and you're down a couple of picks. But when you started, you still got the same amount of picks that you started with, and you got a bit better of a decent player. Yeah. Now you're down a guy like you're down a guy like Joffrey Lupo, but does it really matter? He's hurt a lot, anyways. Yeah. I think. And remember, they got Tyler Bozak for absolutely nothing. Yeah, he was yeah, undrafted, he was undrafted signed out of college. So whatever they get for him, that's that's great because they and got him for absolutely nothing.
0: The, the contract that Bozak has right now is the contract they need to give Nazem Kadri, and that's a big problem. Yeah, because <laughs> as much as we want to say, like the Leafs have definitely been looking for number one center for many years, and I think they have one in Nazem Kadri. They just need to give him the opportunity to do that. He's posting numbers similar to John Tavares.
1: I, underlying I, stats, the advanced stats. And I, I think that's important that the Leafs do that. And he's,
0: he's great defensively, too.
1: He's all right. He's not Well, he's, he's an upgrade amazing. from Tyler Bozak. He is definitely an upgrade from Tyler Bozak. But you and I are an upgrade from Tyler Bozak. Could be.
0: David, no, I was going to say David Clarkson. No, but he's not no. an upgrade on anything.
1: No, he's not ever. an upgrade on anything, no. If you were to, I, I heard an interesting stat yesterday. If you were to take James Reimer take his goalie pads off, give him a regular stick, put him out on the power play. He has one less power play point than David Clarkson does.
0: Oh, boy. And he's getting paid so much less, and he's so much better for his position. One last thing I just want to get your thoughts on, Jeff, uh, before we uh, end the podcast today. At this point, we're talking about all these roster moves and the changes that the Leafs need to make. Obviously, every season we want to see this team make the playoffs, but at this point, do you want to see them maybe not be so close in contention come the trade deadline so they can possibly move a couple of these contracts and look forward to the next couple of years and sacrifice the playoffs this year?
1: I think what the Leafs should do is, regardless of where they are in the standings, they should try and make these trades. I think they, you know, if you're... It just depends on where you are in the standings, I guess, on how you trade these players. If you're far up the standings, then maybe you don't trade them for prospects and picks. Maybe you try and trade them for other players, Maybe but with shorter-term
0: contracts. Yeah,
1: if you're further down the standings, then maybe you trade those guys for for picks and prospects, but higher picks and prospects that you would have traded for before. And, but I, either way, you got to get rid of these kind of... The Leafs shouldn't be playing for this season. They should be aiming for a couple years down the road when they got their centennial year. They're trying to get the draft. They're trying to get the All-Star game. They're gunning for the Winter Classic. Not the Heritage Classic. They're gunning for the Winter Classic. And it'll be their centennial year and i think that they got a shot at being a like a really decent team. I think at that year they'll be at the point where they'll be good enough to make the playoffs and be a contender, but you know, they're not the Leafs are never going to be a Stanley Cup favorite. Never. No. It's just not going to happen. But they can be good enough that they can win the first two rounds on talent and then, you know, try and get through the third and fourth round on luck. You know, good goaltending. Well,
0: in any sport, once the playoff starts, all bets are off the table. Yeah. Once for the sure. playoff starts, a whole new game. Yep. All right. So all I right. think that concludes episode 13. Yep. Uh, one more thing just to mention, uh, as we said at the beginning, thank you for the support. Uh, let us know where you guys are listening from. Make sure to like our Facebook page or follow us on yep. Twitter. If you
1: go to www.thefrancisreport.ca, we got a link to Twitter, Facebook, the blog, the podcast. Everything you need is right there for us.
0: And the best way for you to get involved in our next contest, whenever that may be, perhaps we'll start it next episode. Um, start liking us on Facebook. You can get the details there, and then uh, we'll work together from there. I think that's it. We'll see you next time for episode 14. Awesome.